0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of Sandy Island Radio. Today I figured it would be a good idea to kind of give you guys a little bit of history about the island and tell you a little bit more about it because not a lot of people actually know anything about Sandy Island at all and we do kind of have an interesting history. So Sandy Island is closest to New Caledonia which is one of the territories of France, but it's actually in the Pacific. It was discovered in 1774 by Captain James Cook, and there was actually not a single inhabitant on the island, which is strange for something of its size, because even the smaller islands around New Caledonia, they all had indigenous tribes living there, but for some reason, Sandy Island never had anyone some people now think that it's because the water around the island is really hard to navigate so it would have been very difficult in the means of transport that they had available at the time and it would have been just too far out so he discovered the island put it on his map and pretty much no one really went back for like a hundred years i think there were some more people that went back to sandy island like in the 1800s But they never actually got off their boats. They just kind of saw it and were like, oh, look, it's Sandy Island and just left. Nothing happened with the island whatsoever until basically 1950, or sorry, 1958. That was the first time anyone actually set foot, as far as we know, anyway, on Sandy Island. The island was known because of the maps from James Cook, but also The indigenous people in New Caledonia were aware that Sandy Island existed. They called the island Nemo Island. Nemo in Kanak means nothing. I don't know why they called it that. Some people say that it was because uh, they said that nothing could thrive there, but it doesn't really make sense because we have really fertile earth here and there's animals and vegetation and you know so there's definitely a lot that is thriving on the island so it's kind of weird that they would call it nemo island but it's possible that there's some kind of lost meaning that we're not aware of there are also some elders that called it kamea's island and that's actually based on an old Kanak legend, which I will tell you more about, but that's going to be in the next podcast um, because it's a quite long. And for this one, we're just kind of going to stick to the facts. Fast forward to 1958. A scientist named Pierre-Francois Duval and his wife, who was a botanist, Sandrine Locke, set up an expedition to the island. They actually visited the island several times because they realized that there was a lot of vegetation and you know pretty much everything was completely untouched which is really rare especially nowadays uh there were also a lot of plants and things that they hadn't really seen before or i guess like specific variations that they had never seen on sandy island that they hadn't even seen on new caledonia and there's actually a lot of really different vegetation on new caledonia as well So because there were so many different things that were unique to Sandy Island, they visited it more and more frequently, and they were constantly relaying their discoveries to the French government because that's where they were getting their funding. And eventually they decided that they just wanted to stay on the island full time because there was enough vegetation and enough, you know, resources where they were pretty confident that they would be able to get it all set up and running pretty self-sufficiently and no longer have to go back and forth between Sandy Island. And New Caledonia. They convinced the French government to get funding. They were actually able to get a lot of people um, from New Caledonia to move with them to Sandy Island. Mainly they were people who were part of leftist groups that were kind of disillusioned with the political situation in uh, New Caledonia. And they were actually able to set up something really cool. They were able to make the island over a period of a few years pretty much completely self-sufficient. Back then that was like a huge accomplishment, now it's uh you know still very rare to find islands like that so for you know the fact that it was like the 70s it was a really big deal. It actually lasted until about 1977. In 1977 Pierre-Francois decided to declare independence from France and it was kind of completely out of the blue. No one really knew that would be coming. It's kind of unclear why he even really decided to do that. Some people say that the government was planning on cutting off funding and that was kind of what triggered it but re- no one really knows for sure what prompted him to make that decision. Even more surprising is that they actually allowed it. They never sent any military or gendarmerie, even from New Caledonia, to try and check things out and uh, maybe, you know, have someone to discuss the situation. Usually in things like this, they have a mediator, like they did in 1988 in New Caledonia when the hostages were taken. But in the case of Sandy Island, they pretty much just accepted it. Because Sandy Island declared independence, that is kind of the first step in becoming your own country. As per the kind of rules outlined in the Montevideo Convention on the Rights and Duties of States in 1933, to become a country, a nation needs to declare its intentions of becoming a country. It needs to exist within a clearly defined territory, which Sandy Island does because we're just the one island. We weren't trying to claim any other territory. It needs to have a permanent population, which Sandy Island did. Um, It was very small at the time, like I think maybe like 15 people but it was permanent. At that point, since it was completely self-sufficient, people were no longer even going back and forth between New Caledonia and Sandy Island. They were pretty much just staying on Sandy Island all the time. And it needs to have its own government. This is actually when Sandy Island's government was initially created. It's called The Faction. It was founded by Pierre-Francois Duval and his wife, but most of it was also thanks to the people who had joined in their expedition to Sandy Island because they were the ones with the most um, kind of political background and they were very uh, leftist, independent, leading, not anarchist because they are a government and we do have a government here, but basically the faction stayed as the only party in power it has always been the only party in power and that's just uh, kind of how it works here the other conditions to being your own country is you must be able to enter diplomatic relations with other sovereign states we don't really have diplomatic relations with other countries but we are open to them like we do have People that occupy positions in the faction that are, you know, expressly for the purpose of dealing with international affairs if they were to arise. But for the most part, people just kind of leave us alone. Like, if you don't start fights, then, you know, there's nothing to really worry about. The second step to being your own country is you have to be recognized as a state on your own by other recognized states. And Sandy Island is recognized by France and is recognized by New Caledonia. I don't really know if it's recognized anywhere else. I mean, I'm assuming it is because why wouldn't it be? But it's. It, I couldn't really find the information anywhere, so I'm. I'm just gonna assume that that's the case. So as far as being self-sufficient, how the island works is we pretty much have we have quite a few greenhouses. We use mainly. It's actually really really windy here because of how we're placed, like, in the middle of really deep waters. So we got a lot of wind, so we use that for energy. We also use um, solar panels. We raise our own, like, we have sheep, goats, and pigs, and chickens. We, uh, everyone works on the island, so everyone kind of, you know, falls into a certain position. We have, like, teachers, obviously, people that, mainly just do repairs, um, people that focus on, like, the farming or, like, the gardening. There's obviously also the government positions that are really important. We actually, and this is probably not as common, uh, but everyone goes through army training. We don't have, like, an official kind of, we don't have, like, tanks and, like, Machine guns and stuff like that, but everyone has some kind of military training as far as like survival training, some combat training, things like that. I don't think anyone has ever actually had to use it as far as I know, but it's there and it's mandatory for every person. So basically, everyone is kind of the army in a sense. My mom is actually a teacher. In case anyone's wondering, my dad works for the faction. He's um, actually part of the science division. They, you know, the island was kind of founded on the idea of doing research and developing new technologies and kind of exploring what this island has. So that hasn't changed. It's very much the focus of the island be constantly discovering things that's it that's sandy island so i mean i think i've covered everything as far as giving like a little brief history lesson about the island and kind of how we operate now but if you have any questions please let me know like last time you can reach me on twitter at sandy island radio without the o or you can email me sandy island radio at gmail.com Next episode is going to be a week from now, and it will be the, um, a little bit more about the legend of Sandy Island, so kind of the mythical side of it, um, since today we were kind of more focusing on the facts. Next time will be about the legend of Kamea's Island. And tell me where you're from, say hi, send any music if you write music or have a band or anything like that, and I can feature it on my next podcast.